Live from the Vanguard Nougat Factory, it's the ESG Industries' only plebeian weekly woke data podcast featuring nobody, just me, a guy that Matt Muscardi never invited to any of his four weddings. In today's extra strong PG tip tea bag called February 1st, 2023, a Starbucks proxy deep dive, and a word from our sponsor. Let's do it. Let's get right to it. Our show today is being sponsored by S Gage, your ESG data solutions provider. Paul Hodgson, the great Paul Hodgson, will actually. Uh, stop by later to talk about what are you talking about, Paul? I'll do director retirement age. All right, before we get to that, in honor of the percolating proxy season, I guess February, sort of the start of the proxy season. I mean, we've already had a few big ones Apple, Starbucks. Come on. Let's, in honor of that, let's start our weekly dive into the alternative democracy that is. Corporate America's annual meeting elections. Let me start with my favorite, Starbucks. What could be better than Starbucks proxy statement? Nothing. Why? Because the directors tell you their favorite coffee drink, and I could not be more excited. So let me just get right to it. I'm just going to randomly talk about the things that I love from Starbucks proxy statement. And let me start with the board and their coffee drinks. Because here's what we've learned about the coffee choices at Starbucks. That it's absolutely not good to be a coffee drink flip-flopper. So what am I talking about here? I'm talking about that of the five directors that have stepped down since September 2022. That's right. Two directors resigned this past fall and three more are not up for re-election at the company's annual meeting. Of those five directors, only one of them is not a coffee flip-flopper, meaning that they didn't change their coffee choice drink from proxy year to to the next proxy year. That one is Joshua Cooper Ramo. Somehow he got kicked off the board, even though he's always liked a double espresso macchiato. So I don't know what happened with you, Joshua. But the other four... They just couldn't make up their minds. And Starbucks doesn't like that. They want you to stay in a coffee lane. If you're a director at Starbucks, just pick something and stick with it. Because even their last CEO before Howard Holocaust Blanket Schultz came back for his 400th time as CEO, Kevin Johnson, remember he was let go in 2022, was it? He's a He was a flip-flopper. He started off, in 2021 with a vanilla sweet cream cold brew and then he traded up to a triple espresso macchiato in 2022 but even that macho move to switch from a vanilla sweet cream to a triple espresso macchiato even that macho move and clearly he's you know he's kissing the ass of howard schultz because how he loves a dopio macchiato even that switch to kiss howard's butt was not enough It could not overcome his flip-flopping, and that's probably why Kevin got bounced. So you think I'm crazy? Well, yeah, you do, but who cares? 
of the six continuing directors, the six directors that are staying on the board, this does not include the two new directors, of the six continuing Starbucks directors, they have picked the same coffee for at least two years in a row, not coffee drink flip-floppers. This is the real ESG data. You're welcome, Vivek Ramaswamy, and everyone over at Strive, because I know you're listening. You're welcome. This is how it's done. What else have I learned? I learned that the new CEO is a puppet. Laxman Narasimhan is a puppet. And if I butcher your last name, I apologize. I have a problem with anything related to sounding smart. It's just, just the way I am. So I'm going to call you Laxman. Laxman will become the new CEO in April. Right now, he's the CEO-elect. And let me tell you why he's a puppet. Howard Schultz's favorite drink is a dopio macchiato, okay? Because only a dopio would tell a story about a Holocaust blanket as a way of explaining why he hates workers' rights. That's my first ever dopio macchiato joke. I'm pretty proud of myself. So Howard Schultz's favorite drink is a dopio macchiato. And CEO-elect Laxman's favorite coffee is a dopio macchiato with steamed skim milk. But you, come on, you can't fool us with steamed skim milk, Laxman. That's the same drink. And really, steamed skim milk is basically water. You're just copying Howard. You're kissing his butt. You're a puppet. He told you what drink to have. And I think also that the steamed skim milk, it must be some kind of a anti-woke play against plant-based milk because there is a plant-based milk shareholder proposal that we'll get to later in the Starbucks 2023 proxy statement. So I'm wondering if Howard Schultz just tagged on that steamed skim milk. To, I don't know. Maybe they're throwing a bone to the dairy industry. I don't know what they're doing. But anyway, Laxman, you can't fool us with that one. And let's not forget that Laxman will become CEO of Starbucks. Now he's only CEO-elect. He's walking around. He's following Howard around, learning stuff about Starbucks. He will become CEO on or before April 1st. 2023 and let me translate that date for you that's april fool's day okay so the new puppet of starbucks who drinks the same dirty brown caffeine water as 25 times ceo howard schultz founder of starbucks he's due to take over the company on april fool's day i don't I, what the hell what's, what's going on over here combine that with the fact that 37 times ceo howard schultz already said quote I am never coming back again because we found the right person. You combine it with that quote and you have a recipe for Howard to never go away because Howard is already 0 for 2 in finding the quote right person, right? So Laxman, sorry, you're clearly a puppet. You're probably going to be on the job for maybe two to three years. Also, it has been reported, and I can find no evidence to the contrary, that Howard Schultz will remain on Starbucks board after Laxman succeeds him and act as an advisor. That's right. Howard Schultz will stay on the board as an advisor. And let me translate advisor for you. The founder of the company who has been CEO three times and controls two-thirds of the company's influence. So have fun with that, Laxman. And by the way, controlling two-thirds of the board's influence, that's a proprietary data point that you can get only here 
at free float. That's part of our board sabermetrics product suite. That makes it very clear that Laxman is a, definitely a puppet. And this is, look, this is especially concerning given that there are now only three board members that matter here at Starbucks. Howard, clearly, I mean, really, he's the only one that actually matters. His, as I said, his influence is two-thirds of the entire board. He has 66% influence on that board. So there's Howard, there's Laxman, and there's Chair Melody Hobson. Melody has been on the board for almost 20 years now. The remaining five non-management directors have an average tenure of less than three years. So there's only really three voices that matter here. That's the current CEO, the former CEO, the CEO-elect, the founder, whatever you want to call them, and board chair Melody Hobson, who's been there for 4,000 years. Also, Starbucks, you only suddenly there's only two women on your board. I, I don't know what happened. Since September... Three women have left and only one has joined. I don't know what this is. Is this the Howard effect? Is Howard repelling women? Uh, so it's only two women on the board of Starbucks. And let me tell you, the S&P 500 now averages four women. This is weird. I'm just telling you, it's weird. I know Vivek and Strive will applaud this because I think in their convoluted misogynistic math, Less women means more excellence, right? Because when we asked Vivek about there now being 10% of the Fortune 500 being female CEOs, he pivoted right to merit. So I don't really know what that's about. I guess when he hears about a woman in power, he thinks immediately that they're not qualified. I guess that's what the anti-ESG movement is all about. So there are only two women left on the board, right? And, and even worse than that, uh, despite the fact that Melody Hubson is the board chair. None of that female power is trickling down to the rest of the board because none of the board committees are chaired by women. And unless new director Beth Ford, she's a butter CEO, she's the CEO at Lando Lakes, unless Beth Ford receives a committee assignment, there will be no women on any of the Starbucks committees, any of them, leadership or otherwise, none of them. So I don't know, again, I don't know what's going on here. It's concerning. All right, let's move on from the board, talk about shareholder proposals. There are five shareholder proposals this year after only one last year. I will just briefly name these five shareholder proposals for you. A report on plant-based milk pricing. I mentioned this earlier. A CEO succession planning policy amendment. Annual reports on company operations in China an assessment of worker rights commitments, and finally, a creation of board committee on corporate sustainability. Okay, those are your five shareholder proposals. Let's just say that Starbucks is firmly against all of them. So I guess the anti-ESG will like that, right? But here's my takeaway. Where are the shareholder proposal proponents, Starbucks? You list all five shareholder proposals in detail, but you don't tell us to propose them. Starbucks, stop hiding the nuns. We're all hopped up here on caffeine and we want to know stuff. This is what happens when you drink coffee. You get curious. You want to know stuff. I think this is crappy, Starbucks. I don't know what you're hiding here, but it's lame. I don't think I've ever seen this before. Correct me if I'm wrong, but has there been a change in the disclosure rules? Are you allowed to hide this stuff now? I don't know, but it's bugging me. If you do know and you're a listener, reach out. I want to know. 
And finally, my last statement here on the Starbucks annual meeting proxy statement for 2023 is, I would expect Starbucks to become a very big target of the culture wars now. Despite the fact that they are, you know, technically against all the very woke shareholder proposals, let me tell you what I found in the Starbucks annual report in their proxy statement. Here's a quote. Our board is highly engaged in ESG matters given that our global social impact, sustainability goals, and human capital are intricately linked to our strategic direction. Another quote. Our board is responsible for ensuring ESG risks and opportunities are integrated into Starbucks' long-term strategy. Also, a portion of executive pay is tied to ESG goals, metrics, and performance. Here's a quote. The board incorporates ESG goals into our long-term and short-term incentive plans, including inclusion and diversity goals. This is the number one thing that the anti-ESG movement hates. They hate all kinds of inclusion and diversity. They hate racial equity. They hate racial equity audits. They hate racial. They hate racial. That's what they hate. They hate racial. So, as they have stated, they will vote against all companies that even mention ESG, really. So here's what I'm saying. Expect Starbucks to be added to this pantheon of woke companies, that, which now includes companies like Disney and Apple. That's all I got. That's what I got from my Starbucks proxy deep dive. Matt, I know you're not listening, but I bet you are super relieved that you didn't have to sit here through that because I know you hate when I talk about proxy statements. All right, before we get out of here, we have a word from our great sponsor, S-Gage. Here is the fabulous and wonderful Paul Hodgson. How can you be both? How can you be both fabulous and wonderful? Shouldn't you just be one? No, he's both. Here he is, Paul Hodgson, to talk about director retirement age. Take it away, Paul. This is Paul Hodgson with this week's S-Gage Statistic of the Week. And as I said, I'm not coming into the studio anymore. So I'm here at home and all you've got is the tape. And by the way, I would bring my own tea because I wouldn't let Earl Grey pass my lips. So this week I'm talking about uh, mandatory retirement ages. These are policy for directors on boards and their mandatory retirement policies and the actual age at which those policies come into place. And we've got some statistics from the team in New Delhi that take us from 2018 through to 2022. Now, back in 2018, there are three basic approaches. One is to have no policy at all. So there's no retirement, mandatory retirement age at all. Um, there's another that the board may permit exceptions to the policy. So they have a policy but directors and the board can override it. And then there's a policy that permits no exception. Now, back in 2018, the majority of companies, uh, just over two-fifths, had a policy that permitted no exception. Now, unlike most other things in governance, if you think that a mandatory director retirement policy is a good governance policy, uh, this one seems to be getting worse. Most governance things are getting better. This one isn't. So... What we have is, is that over time, over the one, two, three, four, five years since 2018, 
things have changed. So it's basically a third and a third and a third. No policy is a third. Board may permit exceptions to a policy is a third and policy permits no exception is around a third as well. Uh, so it's down from two fifths to a third. So we're looking at things that are getting, in my opinion, worse because I think it's probably a good idea to have a mandatory retirement policy. Um, most of Europe does and it's generally considered good governance. So what ages um, are they again that we're looking at here for the mandatory retirement? So when the director hits a certain age, they have to retire from the board. So again, we're looking at something that's actually uh, going downhill since 2018. <laughs> I was hoping it was the other way around, but it's not. Um, so what we have here, it's just getting a little woolier. Uh, so we're not talking about teeth here this week, uh, Matt, we're talking about wool. So from 2018, where it was almost half, in fact, of companies that had a policy, the mandatory retirement age was 72. That has now gone down to 36%, so just over a third. And what's picked up, the age that's picked up there is 75. So that was less than two-fifths in 2018, and now it's just under a half. So it's basically switched around with 72 and 75. Now, I don't really think that there is an age at which uh, directors start to be less effective than they were. But if this is all about board refreshment, which it really is, because if you have an all-white male board of older guys and you want a more diverse board, if you want a board that has better gender and racial and ethnic diversity, increasing that mandatory retirement age to 75 is not going to help you board refreshment. So that seems to be a step backwards as well, in my opinion. But I'll let you guys decide. So this is Paul Hodgson signing off with the S-Gage Statistic of the Week. See you next week. Bye-bye. And that's it. Thank you, everybody. February 1st, 2023. The rest of my company is setting up its new offices. That's right. We now have a physical office somewhere in New England. They are all setting it up gleefully today. Hopefully somebody will be back tomorrow to join me because this it does get a bit lonely talking to myself. That's it. We're free flow. Please tell your friends about this wonderful podcast. And then why don't you go ahead and buy our board sabermetrics data and just write a big fat check and send it to us. That's free flow. New England, United States, America. Zip code is zero, zero, zero.